Before we dive into this episode of HRD Masterclass, I'd like to take 30 seconds to share the exciting news that we're now seeking sponsors for Season 5 to release in 2024. This is a wonderful opportunity to support the podcast series and also share your message with 3,500 HRD listeners around the world. Sponsorship options cost just $750 and $600 per episode, and for full details, contact D-A-R-R-E-N at allbypodcast.com. Right, let's start the episode. Where we are in history is really in an industrial revolution, and it's picking up speed. And it's really this rapid revolution of technology, which is completely reshaping the workplace. Welcome to the Human Resource Development Masterclass, the podcast series from the Academy of Human Resource Development, the organization that leads HRD through research. I'm your host, Darren Short, and throughout this second series, I'll be joined by leading authors, researchers, and scholars to explore the fundamentals of HRD and how those are changing in the 2020s. Our focus for this episode is technology in HRD and we'll be looking at the HRD implications of technological changes in the workplace, at HRD and virtual reality, artificial intelligence and augmented reality, to how HRD can leverage a blend of technologies, budget implications of HRD using technology, the best first steps for leveraging technology in HRD, and much more. To help me, I'll be joined by three leading scholars. Dr. Masood Akdia, Professor at Purdue University, Dr. Kamal Kandalwal, Associate Professor, Amity University, Jaipur, and Dr. Elizabeth E. Bennett, Associate Teaching Professor, Northeastern University. In the first part of the episode, I'll chat one-to-one with each of them. Those one-to-one conversations are brought to you with the help of the generous support of our sponsor, Interpretive Simulations. Find out more about their services at interpretive.com. Then for the second part, Masoot, Kamal and Liz are together to explore their shared interest in technology in HRD. That group conversation is brought to you with the help of the generous support of our sponsor, the HRD program in the Department of Technology, Leadership and Innovation at Purdue University. All of the content you'll hear in this episode was recorded during September and October of 2021. Right, let's dive in to meet our first guest. Here in the first section of the episode, I'll meet one-to-one with each guest. This section is brought to you thanks to the sponsorship support of Interpretive Simulations. Since 2008, students and trainees have used Interpretive Simulations HR Management Simulation, where participants are tasked to make challenging decisions at the HR director level in a simulated environment. Students must build a strong HR function at their simulated, medium-sized organization and wrestle with the challenges of staying on budget. The simulation makes the connection between concept and practice, while students learn by doing. It comes with assignments, mini-cases and quizzes to reinforce core HR principles. If you'd like to receive faculty access to review the HR management simulation, Visit them at www.interpretive.com and fill out a demo request. My first guest for the episode is Dr. Masood Akdia, 
Professor of Human Resource Development and the Interim Associate Dean for Research at Polytechnic Institute at Purdue University. He's also the founding faculty and the program lead of the HRD undergraduate program at the Department of Technology, Leadership and Innovation. As the director of the Purdue HRD Virtual Lab and the Purdue HR Analytics Interactive Learning Lab, his research focuses on leadership development through simulated training in virtual reality and augmented reality platforms, workforce development in STEM fields, and human resource analytics in the age of big data. Masood has received over $16 million in funded external research grants from federal and state agencies. Hi, Masood. Welcome to the Human Resource Development Masterclass. It's great to have you here in our episode focused on technology in HRD. Hi, Darren. It's great to be here. Given the topic of the episode is technology, I'm thinking a good place to start is to explore how technology is changing the workplace right now and, and how technology is changing work in general. I see technology as the main driver of our lives in today's world. The impact of technology, both at work and in the workplace, can be seen through the changes in the organizational structures, work tasks, job designs, and even job performance. Organizational structures are impacted by digital technologies as they seamlessly connect employees from different units and departments, augment various work activities, and support decision-making processes. Advances in computational power and data in analytics, on the other hand, offer the capability to eliminate repetitive tasks and redundancies through automation. Terms such as artificial intelligence, machine learning, the Internet of Things, automation, robotics, blockchain, to name a few, are now part of the organizational language. But technology also impacts economies. We're now experiencing digital economy, gig economy, and data economy all together in various forms and shapes. Industries across the board are impacted at varying levels by the creation of these economies and forms of doing businesses as a result. The other aspect of technology is that it can be disruptive to a point in which entire industries or sectors may cease to exist overnight. Tech companies such as Uber, Grubhub, Netflix, WhatsApp, Amazon are stark examples destroying or disrupting industries and companies. The difference of these companies as compared to the ones in the previous economies is that most of what they are doing is that they're not creating new work tasks or even jobs. Instead, the, their business models and products primarily focus on utilizing technology to streamline and remove the human factor from the job equation as much as possible. Similarly, automation, which started to be used in factors that heavily relied on blue collar employees is now impacting white-collar employees in many industries, sometimes taking over some of the job responsibilities from employees while in some other cases, completely replacing them, transforming these organizations or work structures to new forms. In fact, um, such transformation nowadays can happen even in professions that require extensive training and knowledge. Thanks to artificial intelligence programs, such as Watson, which is a product of IBM, 
some of the work tasks typically reserved for highly trained medical specialists can be performed by Watson now. What Watson can do is rapidly review and process documents and their content, which would normally take a huge amount of time when performed by human physicians. And one important aspect to keep in mind with respect to the impact of technology on the workplace and work in general is its attractive potential in helping organizations significantly reduce costs while increasing productivity. Just like new economies from a workplace standpoint, technology also presents organizations and their employees with new form formats of work. Accelerated by COVID-19 pandemic, flexible work and remote work is becoming the norm. Some big tech companies such as LinkedIn have now moved to 100% remote work format. Employees can work anywhere in the world as long as they have, a, they have access to a reliable internet connection. Another aspect that technology presents uh, to us is big data. Thanks to significant advances in computational capabilities, we can create and store more information and data than any other time in our history. Ability to collect and capability to analyze large amounts of data gives organizations new capacities to predict and identify trends, both related to their products, customers, and their employees. This capacity enables them to achieve informed decisions driven by data. So in summary, technology is part of our organizational life and will continue to be the driver of, of most of our business structures and processes. So when you consider all of that, what are some of the implications of those significant changes to HRD research, practice, and education? I would start this with the digitalization aspect of technology. Digitalization can be discussed both at the organizational and HRD levels in this context. Let's take training and development as an example. While we have been a field with strong roots in learning and development in the organizational context, advances in technology demands our attention to understand technological affordances of these new digital platforms and identify how we can revolutionize training and development landscape through these new technologies while addressing learning needs of diverse employees and enhance their training experiences. I would like to point out two major technologies. These are virtual reality, which I will refer as VR, and augmented reality, which I'll call AR. In virtual reality, trainees would use an electronic eyewear, which is a VR headset, which enables them to be fully immersed in a computer simulated environment. So when you look around 360 degrees, you will feel and you will see that you are in a digital environment. Train, this enables trainees to cognitively decouple from their physical environments and immerse themselves in the virtual one that is designed to give the perception, sensation, and feeling of that environment that is most relevant uh, to that training context. Another technology I had mentioned earlier is augmented reality, AR. AR, on the other hand, combines aspects and objects of both the virtual and the real world, enabling trainees to have a real-time interaction with virtual creations in 3D space. 
so augmented reality also requires a headset that can have a range of capabilities from, a, from video cameras to capture live images to powerful computer processes for storing and sharing data and interface among multiple users. The key element in uh, augmented reality is to utilize digital objects in real life settings, thus enabling the creation of environments in which trainees can explore and experiment through these digital objects and holograms. So AR is generally preferred for technical training uh, as trainees can overlay virtual creations on physical objects through following instructions that appear on their screen. But AR can also be used to develop and enhance collaborative team skills um, because uh, we, we, AR has the capacity to have multiple users simultaneously working on a project together. So it requires high level of interactivity and participation from all users. Other technologies that may have implications for HRD uh, include uh, cloud-based platforms, such as employee self-service port portals, learning experience platforms, and HR analytics suits. Another cloud-based platform is chatbots. Chatbots are digital agents. They're usually conversational agents that can simulate conversations in, and interactions with employees and help them with specific career development goals. Through interacting with chatbots, employees can stay focused on their professional development activities and career development process. And because it is digital and powered by artificial intelligence, it is available to employees 24 hours of the day and seven days of the week without requiring any additional organizational resource. When we talk about technology, we also need to discuss automation and how it is transforming all types of organizations across the globe. Automation can simply be referred as the process in which tasks and jobs are traditionally performed by employees, which are now done by automated systems and robots. In this regard, HRD can help employees and organizations through job and task analysis to craft new job descriptions that truly takes automation aspect of any job into consideration, as well as the need for employees to operate in highly automated work environments. Simply put, how can humans and robots collaboratively work to perform a job task or achieve team goals? Can HRD play a role of a champion in facilitating this? Technology also introduced us the concept of big data, Nowadays, all organizational units are expected to collect, analyze, and utilize organizational data in their, in their daily business processes. And HRD is no exception to that. Big data provides organizations with the ability to analyze large data sets for identifying trends and making plausible predictions. Through machine learning aspect of artificial intelligence, organizations now can achieve operational efficiency, improve their innovation, and reduce time to market. It is time for HRD to begin discussions around creating the HRD analytics concept, which would encompass all three traditional HRD functions and explore synergies among these areas. HRD's strength will continue to be its focus on the human aspect of the organization. And we will need to better understand how our current theories and approaches to HRD practice apply to this new organizational norm driven by rapid technological advances. 
from an HRD perspective, most of these technological innovations are spearheaded by non-HRD professionals who are primarily engineers or technologists. Naturally, they lack knowledge and skills and abilities of HRD professionals in order to successfully implement and utilize these technologies for HRD purposes. Can you imagine an HRD student graduating without having a basic understanding of immersive training platforms or data analytics? How can this person be prepared to lead HRD programs and activities in today's organizations in which human technology interface is rampant? Okay, well, clearly technology comes with a lot of opportunities and implications for the foundations of HRD. So I'm wondering what you think this all means for how HRD will look in the future. If I were to draw a picture of an HRD professional of the future, it would ideally be an individual who is confident in utilizing the latest technologies in HRD functions and processes while continuing to serve as the champion for employees, be that ensuring the safeguarding of their data privacy or advocating for their mental and physical well-being. Being at, being at the forefront of this will also position HRD strategically as it serves to be the driver and champion of change. As the employee function of an organization continues to evolve, new organizational areas to support or issues to address will emerge. I'm not advocating that the whole field starts studying every aspect of technology in any form or shape. What I'm trying to say here is that the impact of technology on the organization is very clear. So we have to adapt to this new reality in which employees work in new norms that require much faster connection, uh, data analytics, and ability to, uh, to connect and work which is different from the organization of a decade ago. We are in the cusp of major changes in the workplace and the world of business. Therefore, given the impact of technology, there are a number of questions we need to tackle as a field and profession in order to effectively transition to new realities of the workplace. For example, in the face of these changes we experience in the workplace, should we define HRD? If so, how? Is it time to consider the inclusion of technology as a component in the definition, definition of HRD? Furthermore, how can HRD most effectively support employees and organizations in the day-to-day -day work as a result of these emerging workplace structures and dynamics? Can we continue to use the ADI model to help us guide in establishing the need for training in a specific topic? Or do we need new approaches that would enable rapid assessment of individual learning needs so that we can design individualized training to offer meaningful learning experiences to employees while ensuring the training is cost-effective and supports organizational goals? Can we continue to engage in OD interventions solely through traditional data collection and analysis? Or is it time for HRD to incorporate big data and engage in data analytics in its OD process to compile organizational narratives that is not anecdotal, but based on organizational data? Finally, we'll also need to study and evaluate 
theoretical foundations of HRD to help guide HRD practice in the new organizational reality, which is shaped by rapid technological advances and societal changes. In, in other episodes in the podcast series, we've heard scholars talk about the importance of being able to work with HRM and to partner with HRM to make things happen. But when I'm listening to you here, it sounds as if increasingly in the future, there is going to be a requirement for HRD professionals to be able to partner with technologists, so technical people in organizations. Um, it, is that how you would see HRD adding value in the future is through that partnership with technologists? If we were to revisit McLagan's human resource wheel, we'd see that HRM is tasked with functions such as selection and staffing, performance management systems, human resources planning, and organization and job design, whereas HRD is tasked with TND, OD, and career development. Technology is automating most of the HRM systems and functions because they are primarily focused on managing human resources. As automation and AI become more powerful, most of HRM functions will be replaced or diminished, but the need to focus on employees in general and their learning and development needs in particular will not go away, regardless of the level of technology we may have. Given that work tasks that are increasingly becoming complicated, the need for enhancing employee experience in the workplace is becoming the norm and HRD's success as a key strategic partner will depend on this ability. As the focus is becoming more on the employee experience rather than the organizational outcomes, it will be the HRD professionals, not HRM, who can facilitate work designs and organization structures that emphasize employee experiences. As you know, technological advances will continue to advantage employees with knowledge, skills, and abilities that are aligned closely with the demands of the new workplace, while severely disadvantaging employees with basic education and training. HRD is positioned to provide upskilling and reskilling to these employees so that they are not left behind and they can continue to be productive members of the organization. As management becomes more automated, it may not be surprising to have robot managers who may simply be more effective than their human counterparts. Even in those cases, HRD will need to mitigate and facilitate such work relationships. HRM is simply not equipped to achieve this. The challenge here is that because technology advances rapidly, we are tasked with keeping up with these changes in much faster pace than ever before. So as a field, we can choose to ignore the impact of technology, both in the workplace in general and in HRD in particular. Or we have an opportunity to partner with the right organizational stakeholders who will help us advance our field and support our goals in the organization. Furthermore, if we fail to do this, organizations will simply partner with non-HRD professionals who will be responsible for some of the HRD functions, if not all. Imagine a computer graphics designer in charge of developing a virtual reality-based training program what is at risk here is not only the potential hijacking of our core functions or reduction of our value added, but also the performance of these essential HRD functions by professionals who lack the fundamental understanding of HRD. I also want to note here that 
when used for ill purposes, any technology has the potential to be harmful and malicious. For example, algorithmic bias and its potential for creating unfair results and privileging a group of employees over others. This is becoming a serious organizational issue. One of the important missions of the academy and that of the field is advocating for social justice and building an anti-racist workplace. How can we ensure that AI systems used in the organization themselves do not create organizational injustice and unfair treatment of a group of employees? How or to what extent are the adverse impacts of technology are being studied and voiced in HRD? We need to ensure that AI systems are designed to obey the rule of law, respect human rights, support democratic values, and foster diversity. But we also need to be knowledgeable of these technologies so that we can effectively advocate for social justice while working across cultures to ensure a fair and just organization and ultimately society. So to wrap up then as a final question for this part of the episode, I'm wondering what you see as the implications for how we develop HRD professionals to be competent and to be experts in the new workplace. As scholars and academics of HRD, I think we have a huge responsibility and a task to revamp our HRD education. We can no longer afford to continue to have HRD curriculum that was designed for organizations in the industrial era. At the very basic level, we need to incorporate latest innovations that would provide HRD students with knowledge, skills, and abilities to develop a technology-oriented mindset and equip them with capability to determine potential applications of technologies across all HRD functions. Having an apt and a mindset for technology will serve as the catalyst for HRD to excel in the human technology frontier. As an HRD scholar, my research focuses around training simulation technologies, such as virtual reality and augmented reality, as well as HR analytics. In fact, here at Purdue, I founded the Purdue HRD Virtual Lab, which aims to advance HRD theory and practice by investigating how skills acquisition can be augmented through these immersive platforms, particularly for training and development. In this lab, we design and develop simulated training programs that are powered by artificial intelligence for customized learning experience. I also founded the Purdue HR Analytics Interactive Learning Lab. In this lab, we help HRD students develop computation and data analytics skills with respect to HRD related areas, some of the students in the HRD program here at Purdue have the opportunity to work on externally funded grant projects in the lab, studying various aspects and implications of some of these technologies in HRD. In the past, it was important for HRD students to develop a business acumen in order to successfully communicate and partner with various management levels. Now, we need to add a technology acumen, especially around innovation and data for HRD students to be able to communicate and work with technologies and other organizational stakeholders. In a way, we are educating HRD students to help employees perform jobs that don't exist. Well, Mr. thank you so much indeed for our conversation today. I really enjoyed talking about technology in HRD with you. Thank you, Darren. So please stay with us and we'll have you back later in the episode for our group conversation with Kamal and with Liz. But for now, thank you so much indeed. 
My second guest for the episode is Dr. Kamal Kandalwal, Associate Professor and Teacher in the Master's and Doctoral Programs at Amity Business School, Amity University, Jaipur, Rajasthan. She authored the book, AI Revolution in HRM, The New Scorecard, published by SAGE, and is an active researcher and reviewer in the field of application of artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and augmented reality in human resource development. She received the Best Doctoral Paper Award at the AIMS, IRMA, Doctoral Student Paper Competition. She also chaired the HR track and won the Best Paper Award at the Third International Conference on Advances in Management and Technological Innovations. Kamal has published numerous articles related to HRD. Hi, Kamal. Welcome to the Human Resource Development Masterclass. It's great to have you here in our episode focused on technology in HRD. Thank you, Darren, for having me here. Wonderful to be a part of this platform. Perhaps a good place to start is to understand what the term HRD means to you and how you see the relationship between technology and HRD. So uh, in the last 15 years of my career as an educator and researcher, I have reviewed multiple definitions for my research paper and book on HRD and learning and development. These definitions converts to a central theme of HRD being a systematic process, which brings behavioral changes in individuals as well as group within an organization. We can also say it in a way that HRD is a lifelong activity. Now, when we talk about learning and development, it is a process of upskilling and reskilling employees to perform better in their jobs. We can also take up the Association of Talent Development Industry report of the year 2020 that states that learning and development continues to be a major area in the organization with spending more than $1,300 per employee for direct learning. Further, if we check the industry report that also states that corporate training market is expansive with a total investment of more than $380 billion. But recently, due to the impact of COVID-19 pandemic, if we see the training industry has contracted by 5%, especially in the year 2020. This change has brought into a visible shift from physical to virtual learning platform, resulting in the rise of e-learning services in the field of HRD. Now I think the organization needs to have a robust learning development strategy. More and more organizations are using artificial intelligence, virtual reality, augmented reality for training their professionals. So you mentioned their virtual reality, artificial intelligence and augmented reality. And um, I'd love to explore each of those and it probably helps to take a look at each of them in turn. So how about we start with virtual reality and what that is and how you see it helping HRD? Now, digitally advanced businesses are leveraging a lot upon virtual reality, augmented reality, artificial intelligence to drive efficiency. Here, if we talk about virtual reality, it is the use of computer technology to create a simulated environment, unlike the user interface, we are also places the user in a 3D world. 
So with the use of VR learning, the learner can have a more interactive, enjoyable and cost-effective solution. VR intervention can aid in developing human resources at various stages in the organization, right from the entry in the organization till the exit from the organization. A recent PwC report found that the learning can be four times faster when it's been done with the help of virtual reality and the trainers can be emotionally more connected to the content rather than in the classroom learning. It also states that virtual reality can boost the confidence level of the trainees to apply the training at the workplace. If we take up the example of Walmart here, Walmart uses virtual reality to train its employees for Black Friday sale, where the employees can don Oculus Go headset to get a feel of various scenarios they might face on the job, even including the Black Friday sale. Using VR headset, the employees find themselves in the middle of the Walmart store, packed with the customers. Now, this experience of employees mentally prepares them for the consumer chaos they might be facing on various working days. According to Walmart report, using VR headset has increased the employee retention by 10 to 15 percent. If we further explore beyond this, virtual reality has also the ability to simulate risky and difficult scenarios. Scenarios can be in aviation, it can be in medicine, it can be also for the military forces. Here, if we take the example of aviation, the commercial pilots can use realistic cockpit with virtual reality technology in the holistic training program with virtual flights and live interaction. Using such kind of technology, it can minimize the cost and the risk of training in such situation. There is also an article in HBR talking about the surgery being performed using virtual reality. So when it comes to medicine, surgeons can train themselves using virtual tools, using virtual reality tools, and thereby reducing the chances of error in the operation room. Further, adding to this, virtual reality is also used for treating mental illness. Nowadays, we see a lot of virtual reality tools are used to train the sports person to minimize the chances of physical injuries. Another application I would like to quote here is of Lint Corporation, world's largest supplier of industrial gases and delivers hazardous chemical by truck to various locations on daily basis. Now here, using virtual environment, the drivers are able to build a safety habit and understand the dynamics inside the tank, which helps them in reducing the chances of error in the real working scenario. So when we talk about virtual reality, it reduces the training cost, it reduces the training risk, and it makes learning exciting, engaging, and compelling. You spoke earlier about artificial intelligence. So I'm wondering what your definition is of AI, i.e. what is AI, and how do you see artificial intelligence helping with HRD? As HR professionals, we always know and understand that 
measuring training effectiveness has been a challenge for HR professionals. With the help of AI, it is possible to measure training effectiveness at the level three and four of Kirkpatrick model. In addition, AI gives trainees the option of personalization of training program, the training content, as well as the delivery and the time of the training. Now, I would like to quote a few examples that can make us understand the application of artificial intelligence in the world of human resource development. Let us start with a pharmaceutical company, AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca is one of the leading pharmaceutical company which has partnered with artificial intelligence powered micro learning platform Exonify. Exonify meets the requirement of the frontline sales force. This AI based platform works with the profile of each sales representative and reviews their confidence, knowledge and behavior. Then the artificial intelligence platform provides a personalized learning activity and experience to suit individual need. Another AI tool used for mentoring employee is MentorCloud. Now MentorCloud is a artificial intelligence tool that offers dashboard and reporting features so that the mentor and mentee can track their engagement. Not only this, Mentor Cloud also helps in mapping the mental mentee, helps in goal setting and providing helpful resources for the mentees in the organization. When we go beyond mentoring, a very popular trend nowadays is of AI coaches having the benefit of time and working without human limitation and bias. In the same line, if we talk about uh, an app that is Ore. So Ore is a public speaking coach that listens and reviews speeches. It also provides an instant feedback on how to improve your speech using different parameters. So the parameters can be energy. The parameter can be on the uh, opening remark also. Now, when we are talking about AI coaches, there is an AI startup known as Voice Vibes. Voice Vibes is an AI platform that can help managers as well as salesperson in the organization by providing report on the clarity of the speech, strength of their opening, and most importantly is the positive and the negative vibes of their speech. By this, the managers as well as the salesperson can be ready for their presentation in the organization. So here we can see with the help of the few examples which demonstrate how artificial intelligence is useful in training, in coaching and in the overall human resource development function. We can also mention here that AI is one of the fastest growing industry in the world expecting to reach $126 billion in global revenue by the year 2025. So you spoke earlier about virtual reality, and I'm conscious that there's also augmented reality. So 
I'm interested in what the difference is between those two. So what's the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality? And then how would augmented reality get implemented by HRD? So if we talk about virtual reality and augmented reality, so actually these are two sides of the same coin. You can also think of augmented reality as virtual reality with one foot in the real world. When it comes to augmented reality, AR is the technology that superimposes a computer-generated image on the user's view of the real world. Augmented reality makes instructions easier to understand as they are displayed directly over the real world, replacing service manuals and traditional instruction guides. The trainees can use augmented reality application to their smartphones, tablets, and even by using augmented reality glasses. Here, if we take a typical example of Swiss glass, see what I see. So it helps the skilled worker who is located at the central location to supervise and virtually guide the worker or the technician who is working on the field. So AR assisted training system are continuously evolving, leading to increased productivity, saving time, and bringing in safety in the difficult scenarios. Using AR as a visualization tool, even the medical students can explore human anatomy. We have also evidences of surgery being performed using augmented reality. So when it comes to museum, for example, augmented reality facilitate learners to access relevant material, be it supplementary videos, maps, or audio content. Even at Bosch Car Service Workshop, augmented reality technology has been applied for technical training of the workshop employees. Now with the help of augmented reality application, the mechanics see the location of the hidden component and instruction for the use of the special tools layered on the real image. By using the latest augmented reality technology for sophisticated repairs, both time and money can be saved. In the last, we can also mention here that armed forces have been using augmented reality for a long time now, experiencing a real-time guidance from their trainers. So it sounds like augmented reality, virtual reality, and AI all offer something to HRD. So I'm wondering about how an HRD function can leverage a blend of all three of those as part of supporting an organization. So if we talk about artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and augmented reality, there are numerous ways in which AI can be applied along with virtual reality and augmented reality. Let's take a look at some striking examples here. It is incredible that virtual reality and augmented reality, together with artificial intelligence, can train the next generation professionals in life-threatening and high-risk job. 
we can mention here a doctor or a firefighter and pilot now virtual reality powered by artificial intelligence can help firefighter teams to go through the worst scenarios offering them an engaging and immersive experience of training here we need to understand that instead of working with one single technology platform we need to synergize these technologies for endless possibilities using these three technologies trainees and trainer can save upon the travel time organizations can save upon the cost of hosting trainees and trainer along with this they can get a real time feedback and the most important thing is the training content and the scenarios can be accessed and adapted multiple times technology within hrd is changing at a dramatic pace so i'm wondering what happens when you start looking towards the future how do you see these technologies changing in the coming years these technological advancement is at a very faster pace and a lot has been there because of the covid-19 pandemic also i believe with the technological advancement hrd as well as learning and development will be more effective efficient and it's going to be long term on a brighter side if we see the lnd suppliers can witness reduced cost by focusing more on virtual learning platforms here finally i also see the future using artificial intelligence virtual reality and augmented reality to be more personalized augmented and immersive with the emerging delivery platforms okay well thank you so much for our conversation today i've really enjoyed this opportunity to chat about technology in hrd with you thank you well please stay with us and we'll have you back later in the episode for our group conversation with liz and masood me too looking forward for that and thank you once again My third guest for the episode is Dr. Elizabeth E. Bennett, Associate Teaching Professor in Organizational Leadership Studies at Northeastern University. Elizabeth is a scholar of adult learning and human resource development with seminal work in virtual HRD. Her research has demonstrated ways organizational members learn, develop, and orient to the culture of an organization in the environment created by webbed technology. She has substantial industry experience in Fortune 500 financial services, manufacturing, healthcare, and higher education. Elizabeth has been a long-standing member of AHRD, served on the board, and in leadership of the virtual HRD conference track and special interest group. And she is also a board member of top-tier HRD journals. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the Human Resource Development Masterclass. It's great to have you here in our episode focused on technology in HRD. Hi, Darian. It's really great to be here. Thank you. So I was thinking of a good place to start, and I found myself reflecting on the term digital transformation, which is one that often seems to be used when talking about technology. And so I was wondering what. the term means to you and how you see digital transformation changing the nature of work 
Sure, that's a really great term to be talking about these days. It's a term that's becoming more prevalent. And it means different things to different people, but I think to reflect on what digital transformation means, we have to kind of back up the train just a little bit and think about where we are in history. And where we are in history is really in an industrial revolution, uh, which has started you know, a number of years ago and it's picking up speed. So it's often called fourth industrial revolution, uh, second information age, second machine age. Uh, and it's really this rapid revolution of technology, which is completely reshaping the workplace. What we see with uh, the pandemic that happened in the past year and a half that we've been grappling with uh, using technology to overcome the health uh, issues from the pandemic that we've seen that revolution accelerate with remote work and just having to completely rethink business processes. So that brings in digital transformation where it's not just adding a technology or doing something slightly differently. It's really an intentional approach to change business processes with the help of technology and really um, focus on reimagining the work world so that customer needs are met, their wants and desires are met, uh, you've got employee satisfaction and uh, you know, using technology to the best advantage. Where HRD comes in is many of our existing skills around a business process redesign, re-engineering, task analysis, organizational diagnosis, all of those are critical at this juncture, um, but it's gonna include uh, understanding technology so that we understand how technology can be applied, where people come into the equation and where the technology comes into the equation. I read articles that you've written about virtual HRD and also seen you speak at conferences about it. And so I was wondering what you see as the connection between the concepts of virtual HRD and digital transformation. Sure, I think the conceptual foundation of virtual HRD, which really started easily 15 or in some change years ago, I think that conceptual foundation is really critical for digital transformation. To me, virtual HRD, it boils down to this idea of people and technology, the intersection of people and technology. One of the things that I have done is worked on a definition of virtual HRD. So it's coming from three different perspectives that all combine to shape the definition of virtual HRD. One is practice. Um, I, I managed an intranet for a while and embedded in an information services department as one of those bridge people between the technicians and the users to make sure business processes were met. And I realized that there was a lot more going on with an intranet, including uh, cultural and political negotiation. And it was just amazing to see that. So that practice actually made me investigate it from an academic standpoint. There, then you bring in theory. And uh, right now, virtual HRD is very heavily predicated on some different theoretical areas, but it includes organizational culture, knowledge management, uh, informal learning, and organizational learning. Then research. So virtual HRD has an empirical component. And part of it was it, it started with my dissertation research looking at how, how organizational culture and change was embedded in a hospital's intranet. 
And as I was finishing out my research and building out my discussion chapter, I started becoming aware of a term in the management field, which was virtual HR. And I realized that I was, you know, even looking at the technology as a communication system and in the knowledge management system, I realized that this is really part of the virtual HR genre. And you've got the HR management, which at the time, uh, virtual HR was really defined as, you know, using technology to carry out the functions of the HR department, which is a pretty narrow focus, but it had to do with a lot of um, using technology for um, self-service, you know, signing up for benefits and uh, applying for jobs and those types of things. So they were automating the HR function, but as they started automating, they started getting to be more and more strategic as to how they had employees interact with the system. Then you have the human resource development aspect, for example, online training that started to be built in and it solves a problem for organizations and for people. And so they start expanding and expanding and expanding. So uh, it was in my, the, the tail end of my empirical research on an intranet that I started talking about virtual HR and the idea that it is important for that an internet is important for both human resource management, but also development. So where virtual HRD really is in my mind at this point is a, a place where it challenges what I would call the tool-based perspective of technology and focuses in on the environment that technology and people create together. So it's like stepping into a world, a virtual world. The difference between a tool-based perspective and an environmental perspective is that instead of just having a toolbox, you have an entire workshop. And that workshop contains many, many things, including uh, maybe going out to YouTube and watching ways to put together that new charcoal grill that you bought, um, or looking at product reviews to decide if you even want that particular charcoal grill. Um, and for organizations, it's increasingly also allowing customers to come in through the technology to say, hey, I don't want the yellow, I want the red one, and letting them help direct the kinds of inventory that a company might provide or how they might transform and improve their products, letting customers be part of that very early on in the process rather than at the tail end. So you have to kind of think of that as this environment of the totality of all the things that are connected in this environment. Then the question is, how do you use it strategically? Um, so with human resource development, the, the, that intersection of technology and people, we always have to pay attention to learning and we have to pay attention to multiple levels, the individual, the group, the organizational level, and, and increasingly our, our relationship to society and the uh, environment in which an organization functions. So we have to pay attention to all those levels. The wealth is multi-leveled and dealing with the past, present, and future, usually all in one system as well. So, um, you know, virtual HRD, it, it gets at a complexity and a sophistication that a tool-based perspective, while important and part of virtual HRD, but a tool-based perspective is often focused on, you know, using the lens of instructional technology. And many of our HRD programs do provide instructional technology training. And that's really important, especially for, for the portion of virtual HRD, which is online training. But it's also so much more inclusive of that, but it's also 
so much more. So we have to pay attention to formal learning, which is really that designed instruction or the online training. But the bigger part of virtual HRD is the informal learning. And it's those everyday interactions where people are learning, growing and developing even outside of a formal system. It feels like virtual HRD has evolved a lot in the 15 plus years that it's been around as a concept. So I'm wondering, where do you think we are in the field now when it comes to virtual HRD? And, and as part of that, where is HRD practice compared to research on virtual HRD? So we know that HRD practice embedded in organizational work in the organizational context is far ahead of our research. And virtual HRD in terms of its conceptual foundation has, has to an extent predicted where practice is going, but we are definitely as an academic field behind the times when it comes to empirical studies. And I think part of it is a little bit of that tool-based versus environment-based perspective. So one of the growing things with virtual HRD that actually is in practice uh, is the growing use of internet of things and artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence can be applied to training and to people learning in, in terms of the form of a learning analytics and adaptive learning systems. So there's actually a lot of exciting stuff that can be done around learning analytics and intranets for that, for, for that matter. So we have to start developing a more sophisticated understanding of informal learning and the interaction between humans and AI. So where HRD needs to go, I believe, with all of this to catch up, first of all, definitely there's gonna uh, be a need for more empirical research, but uh, where it's gonna need to go is really looking at what humans bring to the table. So there's gonna be significant reskilling and upskilling. Some of the numbers I'm seeing is, probably upwards of 50% of the jobs we know today are going away. They're gonna be either completely eliminated or they're going to morph into something different. So there's gonna be room for people, if you bring in automation, there's gonna be room for people to repair that automation, to understand the technical specs, to rejigger it, to rework it. And so there's gonna be a way to develop over time as the automation comes in. But many of the jobs, are going away, including jobs that way back when we thought were safe. For example, paralegal. Uh, there's a lot more AI being brought in to scan contracts and look for flaws or look for specifications. And same thing with case review. Uh, there's a lot more AI being brought in into what we would call a knowledge profession that we thought at one time was safe. So people will have to adapt to, okay, if, if there's a base level of automation going on, then uh, people have to adapt of, okay, how do I then interpret what the AI is finding? Do I trust it? And that's what they're finding in, uh, in medicine. They have a system called Watson that really, it, it's actually now becoming the first stage of diagnosis. It's, it's, some places are still using it, some places are not but for a while it was being the first stage of diagnosis based on data, but you still needed a physician to interpret the information and to watch the patient's care. So it was interfacing, but it wasn't the sole basis of diagnosis. 
So there is that intersection between the people and the technology, letting the technology do what it does well and letting people do what they do well. So people have a great capacity to question what they're seeing. There's intuition and creativity. Creativity is often described as putting together concepts that are not normally located together. So it's taking a creative focus and humans do that in a way that machines at this point don't do that. So we're gonna have to go through a period of time where we're helping people adapt. We have to adapt ourselves. Uh, there's gonna be a significant amount of reskilling and upskilling. Uh, reskilling is basically training someone for a new job. So let's say their, their old job has gone away and so they're being morphed into a new position. Upskilling is this idea of moving someone's skills along a career trajectory. Like they may start as a data analyst and then move into a, a data science position. And there's a lot of growth in data sciences positions and that's been showing up in various labor reports. So um, creativity, um, design thinking, rapid prototyping, um, the idea of how to capture learning uh, decisions, even what happened with mistakes. So if you prototype something, you are in it, not only to learn what works, but also what doesn't work, right? So you capture that information just by trialing things. So that takes a, a bit of flexibility uh, and this curiosity to try different things and take risks. That's part of what humans bring to the table. There's also coincidentally another term that's coming out, which is the idea of experience design, which is perfectly aligned with virtual HRD. My take on the idea of experience design, which is really coming out of the design field, is that it's taking into account the complexity of humans. You know, positive, how to build positive emotions through the experience of using a technology. It's context sensitive, it guides behavior and choice. Uh, so this is very much in line with the virtual HRD literature that you have the human element that you take into account and becomes part of the system. Uh, so that's a new term to watch as well that we in HRD are only just now starting to scratch the surface of. Okay, so as a final question, I'm wondering where you see research going next when it comes to virtual HRD. So Darren, the field is completely wide open for so many different ways that we could research virtual HRD and develop the, the field. I would say that a major point is sociocultural research uh, one of the embedded concepts in virtual HRD is this idea of organizational culture. It could be any type of culture, but cultural relevancy. And one of the things that we saw with a pandemic is that there are some people that were able to manage well uh, from afar and other people that did it very poorly and caused a significant amount of dissatisfaction with their employees. So what is that optimal way to manage people who are working remotely and understanding how they fit into the larger organizational culture, the values and norms of the, the larger culture. That's a significant area of research. And I would also say likewise, uh, there's sort of a social perspective that we need to also grapple with, which is this idea that technology has often been considered a male domain. And as we grow sophistication of technology and organizations, there may be a period of time where we, where Females may be at a disadvantage for positions that involve high tech. Now that will change over time as it becomes much more ubiquitous and um, females are accepted more into these traditionally male dominated professions. 
Um, but it, there's a moment of how do we help organizations overcome, overcome potential biases and how we help them um, with career development that's equitable. So I think that's, that's definitely an area of research. Also the idea of, are we automating inequality? And there's a book out there that's called Automating Inequality that's really an interesting one to read uh, because you can train systems. Unfortunately, it, if you have unquestioned biases, artificial intelligence and machine learning can replicate and really expand discrimination. So that's an area that we really need to look at as well. Obviously informal learning and what people are learning and how they're learning on their um, own interactions within the system is a critical area. Optimal design and building learning capacity through technology development, that's a big area. And then finally, I would suggest that we really need to look at data science and learning analytics. Now, I, I'm a qualitative researcher. I love uh, theory building studies, but we really are gonna get to be better and better at statistics, at measurement, um, you know, and really pick that up as well. So understanding learning outcomes and learning more about how people learn through technology, connecting learning outcomes to other organizational metrics, moving from description to prediction, uh, the intersection of people and technology, of course, that's something that we talk about and, and, and what, where is that going, right? And finally, the all important ethics. So if we look back at the standards of ethics and in integrity that AHRD has talked about and written about, and we have a manual on that, we have to remember those things. In line with big data is the potential of misuse of big data. There is a theorist out there that suggests that certain countries are going to make leaps and bounds beyond other countries because they don't have the same moral limits and values of privacy. And so they'll be able to train systems much more quickly because they don't necessarily have the privacy controls. And you think about the confidentiality and the privacy controls, for example, in recent European uh, Union laws, uh, same thing in the United States, the United States is, is typically high on privacy that's going to prevent a certain amount of data going into the system. And so um, the, the good side is privacy and confidentiality. The downside is not having as much data to move analysis along and move training the system. Whereas other countries that don't have quite that same level of control, they have a different set of ethics that they use. They may move artificial intelligence that much more quickly in its development. So we have to really grapple around policy and this idea of, uh, transparency, um, respect for persons that's embedded in our research ethics that can be applied to data and maybe even having not just country specific, but global uh, agreements on how we use data. There are a lot of software applications that are collecting data in ways that are surreptitious and people don't even know about. Um, and might be surprised, a lot of things on your, your phone, you get a free app, it might be a game. What you don't realize it's actually collecting information on you and sending it for ads or sending it for marketing or other different types of uh, needs that an organization might have. So ethics absolutely has to be at the forefront of everything that we do, everything that we study, the idea of respect for persons and transparency. Well, Liz, thank you so much indeed for your time today. It's been great having a conversation with you about virtual HRD and technology in HRD. Thank you, Darren. I've really enjoyed it. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about virtual HRD in this podcast. 
Well, please stay with us and we'll have you back for the next section of the episode in our group conversation with Masood and with Kamal. Up next, we have the group discussion where my guests are together to discuss their shared passion for the episode's topic. This discussion is brought to you thanks to the sponsorship support of the HRD program in the Department of Technology, Leadership and Innovation at Purdue University, which prepares HRD students for the 21st century through providing opportunities to study HRD within the context of technology. Graduates in the program are competent HRD professionals who understand the human-technology intersection and successfully utilize cutting-edge technology in various HRD applications and processes. The program also supports pioneering research through the Purdue HRD Virtual Lab for advancing simulated training using virtual reality and augmented reality technologies, as well as the Purdue HR Analytics Interactive Learning Lab for advancing student computational skills. More information about the Purdue HRD program can be found at polytechnic.purdue.edu slash degrees slash human hyphen resource hyphen development. Welcome back to the HRD Masterclass podcast. Our focus for this episode is technology in HRD. And I've already met one-to-one with Masood Akdia, Kamal Kandawal, and Liz Bennett. For the final section of the episode, we're all together for our group chat. So welcome back, Masood, Kamal, and Liz. Thank you, Darren. It's good to be here. Yes, thanks for inviting us into this conversation. Thank you, Darren. It's great to be here. Okay, so for our group discussion, I'd like to dig a little into some of the topics from your one-to-ones and also explore a few new areas as well. And, and I'd like to start our conversation by exploring costs, budget, and value, starting with the value piece, and, and specifically what value you see being added by using technology in HRD. Given how many people are using technology for in-person work as well as remote work, you know, some of the estimates that we've seen that pre-pandemic, maybe 6% of the organizations out there had half their workforce um, working remotely. That jumped to 70% uh, at the height of the pandemic and is sort of anticipated to settle back down to 35%. So that's a lot of infrastructure, culture, and learning that needs to be built around remote work as well as you know, integrating remote workers with in-person workers. Um, so I wanted to turn a little bit of a, a attention to some of the sophisticated technologies that are really burgeoning. Um, that's virtual and augmented reality simulations and gaming. Um, these allow for experiential learning um, they allow for the practice of high-risk skills in a safe setting, you know, allows people to make mistakes, take advantage of expert knowledge, um, and to really try things out before you go into the performance environment. So there's a significant uh, cost savings and um, improvement in the way that people can learn using these simulations. For example, I was reading about a, a moon simulation that was actually guided by an astronaut that had actually walked on the moon. You know, certainly in surgical simulations, um, we've seen novices outperform experts in virtual reality because they had existing gaming skills. You know, experiential learning through these applications is, is absolutely powerful um, for performance and continued learning. So what do we know about experiential learning? Um, you know, a lot of times people think of that as the hands-on portion of training, um, and it can be. 
Um, but one of the things we really need to think about with experiential learning is that it's, it's about people creating new knowledge out of every experience, including the experience of virtual reality, the, the uh, experience of um, organizational knowledge systems and, and virtual environments. Um, that is a different type of experience that they're continuing to add to their knowledge base and transform that into new knowledge. I think that all these three technologies that we have just spoken about uh, add values in different ways. Okay, uh, when we come to AI, artificial intelligence, uh, I very strongly feel that it helps in personalization and customization. When we talk about personalization, it can be personalization by training need analysis, personalizing the training content, personalizing the training delivery and time, uh, personalizing even the training effectiveness measurement, and moreover, we can also mention here that personalizing the feedback on the performance of the training. Further, when we talk about virtual reality, so it provides an immersive and engaging learning experience, uh, providing a safe learning environment for even hazardous job like firefighting, military and flight simulation. And finally, when we come to augmented reality. So augmented reality can add value by designing the training manual consisting of audios, videos, images, and text example. Uh, if we take the example here of surgeon who can use augmented reality to help student or uh, helping medical students, in fact, or if we take the example of a car mechanic who can give instruction to his team members from a remote central location. So if we talk about all these technologies, they add, add value in different ways to HRD, to training intervention. And beyond all these, they can help in scaling up the training intervention. And they can also provide micro learning solutions to the organization and the trainees. One of the things that we're finding about immersive technologies um, is that they involve far more senses all at once physical, emotional, and new cognitive skills to assemble all of that information into performance. Um, so that process, that immersive technology makes learning stickier uh, because it, it involves all the different senses. Um, and so that's one of the powers of experiential learning and the powers of what we can do with all these different types of simulations. So, so does it take longer to develop and maintain training through technology than traditional formats? And, and if so, how can organizations speed up the development process to get HRD technology solutions out faster? These uh, technologies and incorporating them uh, requires a high amount of upfront investment and not just the money, but also time and effort. It also requires an organizational culture shift where people start to feel comfortable using these technologies. Understanding that these technologies that we talked about, as well as artificial intelligence, will require a significant amount of uh, up in, uh, upfront investment. The best way for HRD is to have a dual approach, which is while understanding and exploring the potentials of these technologies, continuing to provide our traditional uh, services so that there is a, uh, a balanced approach. So when, when our organizational members run into difficulties in terms of using them, we need to be able to identify uh, solutions quickly and provide the learning needs uh, for them. 
So I think uh, having a dual approach at this stage um, is very critical. As, as technology uh, advances, designing and training programs, for example, or utilizing, incorporating artificial intelligence into our systems will become much uh, easier, but this will definitely take time. Uh, and uh, and we're just in the cusp of this and we're continuing to experience uh, um, these new innovations. Many of the things that are standard HRD practices around training and development and org development um, are still really important in this era. Um, it doesn't have to be an either or option. Um, I think Masood's point is that we can use an array of technologies. It's how do we integrate them in such a way that they meet the learning objectives. So understanding the learning objectives of, uh, that we're trying to accomplish, understanding the organizational reality in terms of what's available and what can be used. Uh, even the political reality of an organization, um, and also the you know specialized knowledge of the learners themselves in specific contexts, that calls for wisdom in in how we go about using these immersive technologies and how we integrate them. Some of the estimates I've seen is it may take upwards of three to four hundred participants in a training exercise for it to be worth moving from in person to e-learning and virtual reality. The difference between e-learning and virtual reality is a lot, is a lot larger than in-person. It takes something more like 1,900 or 2,000 participants to make virtual reality more cost-effective than e-learning. You know, and one of the things that you can think about is using an e-learning environment or hub or even an in-person environment to bring in pieces of simulation. It doesn't have to be the whole thing. Um, and so that calls for wisdom and integration in terms of when is it the right moment to bring in these technologies? Um, and do you have subject matter experts that can help guide you if something is amiss or there are errors in the technology? Um, so that's another, you know, it often ends up being a team or collaborative approach when we're talking about these organizational systems. So throughout the episode, we've talked about uh, the technologies of AI, VR, AR, and Liz was just talking there about value. And I suppose part of what goes with value is the idea of cost. So how costly is it uh, to train through technologies like AI, VR, and AR? Does an organization need a large budget to do it? Most people think that implementation of uh, artificial intelligence technology can cost organizations fortune, while that might be correct to a certain extent, but with the right kind of people, with uh, some careful planning, and with some advanced software solution, businesses can develop excellent AI solution for reasonable prices also. So here the price of uh, the AI or these technology not only depends upon the project complexity, but also on the customer requirement and many more factors. Uh, since developing an in-house AI system costs a lot of money, businesses need to think about uh, their return on investment through it. And if the costs are higher than the estimated ROI, in that case, getting a third-party AI solution may be a better choice. Uh, why a better choice? Because compared to in-house AI management, the outsourced AI management usually costs less to the organization. 
now when we talk about um, ar and vr technologies so when they were first released they used to be very costly costing thousands of dollar uh, and therefore people were not able to afford these technologies but with the advancement in this industry the cost have reduced and the quality has also skyrocketed uh, giving end user much more value than ever and this is something i very strongly believe is uh, continuing to uh, stay there in the future also if we talk about virtual reality development cost it depends a lot on what what is the kind of content we are looking for is it a multiple vr a mobile vr application that we are looking for or is it a vr game that we want to create some applications uh, using vr can be built with the help of simple 360 degree video whereas uh, when we talk about other they require a full fledged uh, computer graphic based environment the scale and complexity of each obviously will add and subtract the total cost of vr development adding to this uh, the augmented reality development cost is also much similar to vr development although it requires much less overall development since a lot of time it is more than simply a 3d object being overlaid onto the real world so as a next question then how can organizations with small budgets start making use of technologies so there are i would say three c's in jumping into immersive technologies um you can create new you can um curate existing options that are like freely available out there. Um, and you can contract with vendors. Um, I think these are probably the three major ways that organizations start to bring these technologies in-house. Um, and you know, all this has varying levels of cost often, often to really do it well, it is a very significant investment. Um, but that shouldn't stop HRD folks from starting to think about ways that they can bring in low cost options. Uh, maybe starting with augmented reality, for example, with the right application, you can do a 3D picture on most smartphones these days and then overlay digital objects and explanations, um, scripts, and, and so on. Um, and that's a pretty low-cost option to start bringing in and getting employees used to using these technologies and seeing how it goes. If it goes well, these um, th there tends to be an appetite for uh, adding more and more of these technologies. Um, so HRD folks can start small in that respect and then move forward. We have spoken a lot in the episode about the practical implications of technology for HRD practice, but there are also implications for academia. So, so how should HRD academic programs react to advances in technology? I think... Um... This is a, um, an effort that needs to uh, looked into in the context of uh, helping future HRD professionals as we as we as, as they go through our academic programs develop uh, um, skills, uh, knowledge, skills, abilities, and and competencies to be able to use these technologies for HRD purpose, but also understand uh, the impact of technology in general in the workplace and how it changes the, the, the fields, the professions, the jobs in general. 
as we are, as, as our main mission is to help employees reach their potential. Uh, for example, here at Purdue, um, in the HRD program, our students uh, take a, a number of courses such as uh, design thinking, new product development, innovation management, just to understand how technology can impact different fields, different jobs. As technology shapes the workplace, we will have to understand how uh, it will impact people in general, even the ones that, uh, that are in the professions that require high level of training, for example, or, or even licensed professionals. So um, HRD programs uh, need to look at this both from developing the students' competencies to uh, be able to use these technologies effectively, but also help them develop a mindset that will be onward looking in terms of impact of technology. It's rapid impact uh, on, on the workplace in general. So uh, I think our academic programs uh, should actually work or will actually work on three different levels when it comes to uh, HRD academic program using or reacting to these advanced technologies. The level one is starting with sensitizing the users, the HRD professionals, the students about the current and the upcoming trends in these technologies, maybe using some case studies or with examples and all. Next, we can also provide them a theoretical base, knowledge base and framework to use these technologies at workplace. So developing their skill uh, can be the next step uh, in which our academic programs can actually help them. And after this knowledge and skill part, the academician should also help in developing a positive attitude towards these technologies and instill confidence in the HRD professionals or the students to use these technologies at workplace. Now, they need uh, to uh, actually be sure that this should not develop a fear of job loss, rather than it is an enabler, it's a complementary tool that can be used for strategic work in the organization. So um, as for my thinking, I think academic programs should help in establishing these three or playing these three different roles. So what do you see as the main ethical issues associated with technology in HRD? Ethical issues are myriad, um, particularly data collection and usage. That's a big one. Um, there are ethical implications for using people to train artificial intelligence and then firing them. Um, that some would characterize that as exploitative. Since these systems need big data analyzed with AI, um, there's a deep concern about privacy for both employees and customers. You know, how information will be used, who has access, whether decisions are being made with errors or bias, just to name a few of the concerns. Um, even in cloud-based systems, we have to remember that it allows scalability and flexibility, but some, that data is on someone else's servers and potentially hackable or uh, potentially manipulated by uh, you know, employee of that company. So we have to really kind of think about what we're putting into these systems. Um, you know, the very number of applications and the complexity of integrated systems out there means the average citizen doesn't really understand the many technologies they use daily. I mean, who even reads um, every user agreement that they check that they've read you know, and agree to, given the complex legal language and the time to go through that. Likewise, cybersecurity uh, is important. 
Um, since information in the wrong hands can be very destructive. We've seen this with ransomware and hacking attacks, particularly at hospitals and utilities. Um, particularly with immersive technologies, VR and other simulations, um, you know, there are concerns about what we put people through, including scenarios that involve fear, VR fatigue and sickness, as Masu already had mentioned. There is some early research that indicates women have more VR sickness than men, and this could lead to um, disparate impact and disparate treatment. Some of that has to do with frames per second and the amount of investment a company is putting into better quality VR and, and devices. Um, so the level of investment could have a, a disparate impact. Um, VR can um, collect significant amounts of biometric data, which you know designers use to improve their systems and improve things like the VR sickness, um, but it could be held for the wrong reasons, sold um, for uh, recognition of people, and thus um, used in ways that the person who's providing that information just didn't even know or agree to. So transparency of data is really key. You know, key. Transparency of data use is, is really, really key. From a cultural standpoint, there is a tension between centralization and decentralization in both higher education and business and industry. Think of it as a continuum rather than an either or. Too much decentralization and systems are disconnected and frustrating. They lack strategic connection. Too much centralization and there can be a tendency to stifle creativity and develop a suspicious surveillance culture where employees may not thrive. Um, there is potential for great disenfranchisement disenfranchisement as we go into this era. Um, so HRD must address the cultural dimensions, not just the learning dimensions. To sum it up, um, this, you know, how HRD helps develop technology and maintain ethics will be a struggle going forward and something that the field and the Academy of Human Resource Development will need to struggle with going forward. I wanna add to this point that there's also the policy dimension of these, in other words, um, what policies and uh, regulations will govern or the organization, both funded by the organizational policies as well as um, and local and, and, and national and international policies that would uh, regulate um, the usage of uh, uh, data gathered through these technologies that we use as part of HRD. And I think while we can't directly influence policies and regulations outside the organization, we definitely should be in the forefront as a charity to uh, advocate that the safety of the data and privacy are ensured uh, for organizational members. And I think uh, that's one of the important tasks that HRD professionals will experience as as we discover various risks uh, these technologies uh, will present around uh, data and data privacy. Well, sadly, we've reached the end of our time for today, but a big thank you to all three of you for being a part of the conversation and indeed for being a part of the whole episode on technology in HRD. Thank you all so much indeed. Thank you, Darren. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It was wonderful spending time with Masoot, Kamal, and Liz. If you enjoyed the episode, check out all of our others. There were 11 episodes in the first season, and we're releasing a further 11 here in the second. Between them, they provide access to conversations with over 50 leading HRD scholars. 
New episodes release weekly. To learn more about the series, check out hrdmasterclass.com and to learn about the Academy of Human Resource Development, check out ahrd.org. By becoming a member, you can access extra bonus materials not included in the podcast. Also, don't forget to look into our sponsors. Interpretive Simulations. Check out their website at interpretive.com. And the HRD program in the Department of Technology, Leadership and Innovation at Purdue University. Visit them at polytechnic.purdue.edu slash degrees slash human hyphen resource hyphen development. I'm looking forward to being with you in our next episode. Until then, this is Darren Short signing off from the HRD Masterclass. HRD Masterclass Podcast is brought to you by the Academy of Human Resource Development and is a production of allbypodcast.com.